Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is 1 Timothy 4. How are pastors to be trained? What is God looking for in the leaders of the church? Well, even as you think about that question of how pastors are trained, one of the things that will pop into your mind in our culture is seminary, where a pastor often goes to learn these institutions that were designed to train men and equip them for ministry. And so you think of an academic setting where the pastors will learn theology, they will learn hermeneutics and how to study the Bible and even how to preach. Now, these things are important. Remember, going back to chapter one, uh, one of the first things Paul tells Timothy is you've got to instruct these people not to teach different doctrines. So you've got to know your doctrine, your theology. You've got to know what the Bible says to be in this position. But when you think about seminary and you think about academics, often you don't think about what we're now clearly seeing is the most important thing that God is looking for. Uh, Along with, obviously, that there's a knowledge and an ability to teach, we're also seeing God cares about the character of the leaders of the church. He cares about their character. And like we talked about yesterday, We should understand that God cares about the character of the leaders because the leaders are meant to be the example for the whole church. So even as we look at some things about character today, you need to look at this as something that you are aspiring to. This is what God is calling the leaders to. Therefore, this is the pattern that God wants set for every believer. And we're going to dig into that today. And one of the main things we'll see today, especially early on in chapter four, is that ceremony does not equal character. External rules and even sometimes just knowledge or interest do not equate to character. I was reminded a lot as we, I read 1 Timothy 4 of Colossians 2, where it warns us about people who teach asceticism, right? Just denying yourself for the sake of denying yourself and, and coming up with these rules of all of these things that we can't do uh, and how that has an appearance of wisdom, but it doesn't actually create godliness. It doesn't actually stop the indulgence of the flesh. And that's what we will see here today. Uh, starting at the beginning, it gives us that warning. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, who forbid marriage and require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. So here's some of these rules. Don't get married. Uh, Other rules. 
don't eat these certain kind of foods. And how that works normally, and it might be different things in our time, but you still see this kind of really truly legalistic mindset saying, if I check these boxes and I don't do these things, and usually these things are external, not sin issue things, well, then I will be godly. Here, those that mindset is denounced in the strongest possible terms. That when we buy into this mindset, well, if I just avoid these certain external things, I will be godly. No, that's actually false teaching. And it's actually robbing you because these foods were created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. So even think about that. Next time you're at a nice restaurant eating a nice meal, look around and say, hey, this food was actually created for me and and the other believers here who know how to receive it with thanksgiving for the God who has given it to us. That's how we should think. And notice how oftentimes the road to destruction, the road to apostasy begins with a lack of thanksgiving. Now, we should be thankful for these good things. Verse 4, for everything is cre- for everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. So stay away from this mindset of if I just don't do these certain things, I can be holy. That's actually false teaching. Now, on the other hand, we are absolutely not seeing Paul say, hey, what you do doesn't matter. No, no, these external extra biblical rules don't matter, but God still cares about your character. Moving on, he he says in verse seven, he says, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths, rather train yourself for godliness. And if you look at what comes before that, he talks about being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. So there you see, really, I, I shouldn't, and I need to be careful not to elevate character or doctrine one above the other as if one is more important than the other. They are both uh, very important. They're they're both essential for a pastor. A pastor must know his theology and his doctrine, but he also must have good character. If you can't really have one without the other. And so there he reminds them of the good doctrine and he says, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. And that takes us back to chapter one. We might not know exactly what these things are, but they end up promoting speculation rather than stewardship. These are the things that we don't know, that we can't know, and they're distracting us from the things that we do know, that we must know, the things that are clear in the word of God. And he says, have nothing to do with these things. And I think also because those things, these irreverent, silly myths, they sometimes give us a feel and an appearance of godliness because I can talk a lot about this issue or I'm I'm making such a big deal about something that's secondary in doctrine or something that is not ultimately even clear from scripture and it may make me look godly but no it's irreverent and silly what God really cares about is your 
character and your godliness. So train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. And then he talks about even toiling and striving. He's using athletic imagery to describe this pursuit of godliness, being like God, living life in the presence of God. So, no, we don't just put these arbitrary external rules on ourselves that aren't going to make us godly. But on the other hand, that doesn't mean we just kick back. Well, nothing matters. I can do whatever I want. No, we toil and we strive for godliness. We are striving not just for some external conformity to a list of rules. We are striving for a heart that truly lives life in the presence of God and character that truly reflects the character of God. Are you toiling? Are you striving to that effect? What might that look like? Again, we've seen what it doesn't look like. It's not about external rules and regulations. But that's where I would say, if you're listening to this, getting into God's word, spending time alone with God in prayer, these are ways to discipline yourself for godliness. And that even informs you on the goal for your time in the word and in prayer. The goal of those times is not to simply check a list so you can feel really godly. The the point of those times is for you to spend time with God and open up your heart to him and let the word of God speak to you by being humble and examining yourself in light of the scripture so that you might grow in godliness. We also strive towards these things in our lives. We should be looking for sin in our lives. We should be praying for God to show us our sin. And when we see it, we should be ruthless in rooting it out. That's going to take work and intentionality and effort. So we should put effort in, but not just to some external rules, but truly into a heart that is godly. And that's the encouragement I want to give you today. Pursue godliness, not just external rules, not just knowledge that isn't even really knowledge about stuff we can't know, but pursue godliness, pursue godly character. And if you're wondering, what does that look like? He gives us five areas in verse 12. Let no one despise you for your youth. Again, telling Timothy, who is likely a young man, to be an example. He says, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Those are five things that you should think through today. Again, this is what God is calling your leaders to so that they might, as it says right here, be an example to you. So examine today your speech. Does your speech honor Christ? Is your speech building others up or is it tearing them down? Is your speech dirty or filthy in some way? Your speech should reflect godliness and your conduct. Going back to chapter three and what God calls the leaders of the church to be, could how you behave be described as above reproach or dignified as God calls the overseers and the deacons to be? Next, we see in love is your life described by you intentionally putting the needs and the well-being of others, especially your brothers and sisters in Christ, first Is that what describes you in faith? Is your life characterized by a strong trust in God? Instead of being anxious, instead of being afraid, you are living a life of faith, confident trust 
in God, in his word, and in his promises. And finally, in purity. Are you living a life that is exemplary in purity from your actions to your mind to your heart? right? Not just even the external aspects of purity, but pure in your mind. And as Jesus calls us to be pure in heart, this is the character that God is calling you to toil and strive for. This will be of eternal value. So I want to exhort you to pursue godly character today. And to pursue even prayerfully these five things in verse 12 that God gives you as an example. And the other thing I would encourage you to do is we're looking at this in the context of the pastoral epistles, words that were written to train and build up pastors, especially when you look at these last few verses, giving Timothy instruction to devote himself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching, um, to not neglect the gift that he has, to practice these things, to immerse these things so that everyone can see their progress and to keep a close watch on himself and the teaching. There again, you see himself, probably his character, but also his teaching, character and doctrine, both so important. And to persist in this. The other thing I would encourage you to do is to pray again for your pastors. Pray for your leaders. Look at the high standard that God is calling them to and prayerfully ask God to help them in these things and root for them and encourage them towards these things. When we go to God's school for pastors, we certainly see the importance of doctrine, the importance of right teaching. And right along with that, we also see the importance of godliness. And we see how that's important, not just for them, but for everyone that is following their example. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.